Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rad Podcast. I'm producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Don Show, and thank you very much for all of the positive feedback from last week's episode. It was a lot of fun to get creative and uh, to create a little bit of theater, theater of the mind. That's something that I've been trying to gear towards just because I've been really into other podcasts that are, that are more about the storytelling and creating the the illusion of, of things rather than just talking at you, which is basically what I'm going to be doing to you today. But uh, I've got some good news. I'm actually going to be getting this collaboration finally going um, after the release of this episode. Each of you that have reached out to me to uh, be a part of this next collaboration of, of covering another song, and I'm just going to stick to this one first. We're going to do the uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow by Is Kamakawi Wawalalala. I am awful at pronouncing that name, uh, but is, you know, somewhere over the rainbow with the uh, ukulele. I'm going to put the link in the uh, show notes and on the uh, on the podcast page on radradio.com so that you have the official link. And if you're listening to this and you, you find any of this interesting or you want to be a part of this uh, collaboration, then uh, listen up. I've got all the details for you here. But again, I'm going to be emailing each and every one of you that have reached out so far. And I know that it's been a while since I even proposed this idea. So if you don't remember reaching out just expect an email um so i'm gonna go down this i've got this very particular list of things that are pretty easy to go through it's just a lot of details to put together this whole thing because we're all working from a distance we're not together and we all have to be on the same time and the same key so we're gonna do the best we can and it's worked out great so far with these guidelines um, with everybody that's submitted so far. We've done uh, Take Me Home Country Roads, and we uh, also did Bill Withers' Lean On Me. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to continue with the positive uh, songs. And I know that this song is really special to me uh, because it was actually played at my mother's funeral. And she was, uh, her ashes were laid out in Kauai, so Hawaii was one of her favorite places. So it was just, it was just, it just fit. And it's it's one of those songs that can be played at funerals, at graduations, or just, you know, just to feel good. Um, one of the most beloved songs of all time. And it's got over 949 million hits on YouTube just for the official video. That's fucking crazy. I mean, I, think of the royalties for that. Knocks Joe Rogan out of the water. Although I don't know how much he's making now with Spotify. He's making some pretty good cheese. Have you seen his new studio? It looks really good. This is everything you need to know for the collaboration for Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Uh, we're going to be using the original studio version as our template. It's going to be all included in the link in the email and on our uh, details page as well. And so if you can't be all close together, like I said, let's use the technology to our advantage. If you happen to have audio recording equipment, that's a plus. And if you have an audio recording app on your phone or tablet, that's great too. These all look, the microphones on these uh, tablets and phones are outstanding. But if you are a musician and you know what I'm talking about, the, the better quality of the uh, recorder, the better quality of the audio. Um, so try to do the best you can with what you got. Uh, the key to getting the best quality audio would be to find a nice quiet space with dead sound. You don't want to have background noises or echoes, which I know it might be a challenge since we are all, you know, we're all in our houses and, you know, there's not a lot of places to go. But try going outside. You know, the weather's still nice. Smoke isn't too bad. Uh, there's not a lot of echo out there, but obviously make sure there's no street noise or uh, what else? Birds. Um, I would say give it a couple practice runs, you know, playing along with the song, uh, with whatever instrument you're going to play. If you're going to sing it, sing along. If you're going to play the ukulele, play along with the ukulele. If you want to do a guitar, French horn, a violin, vesuvula, uh, and you can play the vuvuzela too. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's one of these instruments. You remember? You know, you've heard this. Hey. You want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah. 
maybe stick to the traditional instruments and not the vuvuzela. Um, and so once you get your practice runs in um, and you've got your, your keys and your tempos all set, you know, if, if you want to send in a couple of practice runs and see if that's if that's what I'm looking for, that's great too. We've got a couple of weeks to do this. I'm not setting like a hard deadline. Hit hard. I'm not setting a hard deadline on, on when this is due. So um, we'll play it by ear. Ah, get it? Because we're playing music, right? So I give it a couple of practice runs, and if you like the levels of your vocals and your instruments, hit record and give it your all. Um, so you might be saying, Brandon, I have to listen to the original version of Over the Rainbow by Iz so that I can make sure I'm in the same tempo as everyone else. That's a great point, but what I would recommend is putting in an earbud as a monitor to use as your guide to either sing or play along to. So you have one earbud in and the other one out obviously, and that is going to be your monitor. So you're going to be able to play along with that track. It's like your, your click track. And uh, you want to have, you want to make sure that whatever you're recording isn't picking up that audio from your earbud. I know this sounds com more complicated than it than it should be, but trust me, the, all these steps are crucial. Um, if you don't have enough devices to juggle your recording and playing back the song at the same time, I'd recommend uh, placing the audio source of the playback as far away from you while you're recording uh, from your device that's, you know, your phone tab or your tablet that is capturing your your talented voice or instrument. So I, I would just say try to keep the source audio as far away as possible while you can still hear it so it's not getting picked up by your recording device. And then for the audio files, uh, the preferred format would be MP3, at least 128 kilobytes, um, or you could do WAV files or M4As. M4As are usually the audio files that you will produce with your phone. So that's one one thing to consider while putting this together. Um, and we're going to be doing a video with this as well. So if you wanted to combine your your uh, recording of the audio with your video, that's a great way too, because I could pull the audio from your actual uh, video recording and use that within the mix of the song. Um, so for any for all the video formats that you record, any format from a standard player, uh, phone, tablet, GoPro will all work. Um, just try to make sure that you record it in landscape mode. Not hamburger, or, or not a hot dog. You want it to be hamburger, you know, like left to right. Uh, tilt your phone left to right so we can fill up that screen as much as possible to make you look as sexy as possible. Uh, are you with me so far? Uh, additionally, if you're willing and able, it would be amazing if you actually took video of yourself singing or playing your instrument while recording. This footage will be used as a music video so I can properly showcase everyone involved in making this possible. The most important part of this is to have fun. And if you do choose to record a video of you singing, dancing, playing your instrument, do it in a way that is unique to you. Get done up. Wear your favorite performance outfit. Show off your awesome view or just be you. Nothing is off limits. Except nudity, of course. We need to keep this family friendly, unfortunately. Now, if you know anybody, a friend, family member who might want to get involved and possibly make a video of themselves singing along to and or performing their instruments along to uh, the audio for the final mix, have them email me, rad at radradio.com or brandon at radradio.com. And uh, if that doesn't work out, we will find a way to get these files to me because sometimes emailing large files uh, doesn't always work out. You can always use Dropbox, uh, G Google Drive, of course, um, you know, Apple, whatever the fuck they have. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm an Android guy, but I know that there's some sort of cloud-based thing with Apple. I'm sure it's, I just don't know what it's called off the top of my head. But um, that's another way that you can send these large files. All right, there you have it. I can't wait to see what you come up with. And finally, I'm going to put a soft deadline of, let's make it 
October 9th. How fitting is that, right? October 9th. Let's see what we can come up with by then. If we need a little bit more time, I'll uh, I'll address that at that time. But um, yeah, let's try to see if we can get everybody's submissions in by October 9th. I know that uh, we all have busy lives, even though things are so crazy right now. Uh, and it's, it's difficult to juggle everything. Um, so do the best you can. And if we need more time, just let me know and we can extend that. So let's get going somewhere over the rainbow. Let's make this happen. It's going to be a really, really good collaboration. Thank you for everyone who gets involved. All right, so we posted a meme on the Rad Podcast group uh, today from a, it's just one of these memes that, that says they're starting something new. My sense of humor is growing more and more ridiculous because I was just sitting here by myself thinking like, what if instead of saying, are you kidding me? We said weird food related things like, are you frying my rice right now? Or even, are you seriously buttering all of my toast with this? And honestly, I cried. That's a pretty good idea. So we posted this up onto the Rad Podcast group to see what, um, See so what we can come up with. Um, and, and before we, we go down to the broadcast uh, suggestions, the other one that they suggested was, are you flipping my pancakes? All right. So it's pretty, pretty straightforward, right? So Gerardo suggested, are you frosting my flakes? That's good. I'd say this, these are actually really good, especially in these days where we're trying to find some levity and everything, and we're all communicating digitally. Um, and, you know, just imagine hearing some of these things on a Zoom conference call or, you know, your parent teacher conference, or I think that these can all be used in everyday applications while still being serious, but lightening the mood. I suggested, of course, are you creaming my pie? I mean, that's just gold. Uh, Rick, Mr. Horny says, are you buttering my biscuit? Cynthia says, are you basting my turkey? <laughs> Shannon says, are you pulling my pork? Heather says, are you baking my cake? Stephanie, are you tossing my salad? Adam, are you spreading mayo on my toast? No. Why would you put mayo on toast? That is just wrong. Alicia says, are you mashing my potatoes? Michelle's an overachiever. She says, are you cracking my walnut? Are you whisking my batter? Are you shredding my potato? Are you squeezing my lemon? Are you grating my cheese? These can all be really sexual if you really think about it. Uh, are you grating my cheese? Are you roasting my nuts? That's a good one. Are you burning my toast right now? Are you are you pooping my cork right now? <laughs> Kimberly says, I've already been saying, are you fucking my ass? Well, in some applications, that might be a, the proper question to ask, but that kind of goes off topic. Although, I don't know, you eat ass, so I guess that can work. Oh, this is a good one. Lindsay says, are you mooning my hammy? Uh, Jamie from Ink Off Me says, are you spatchcocking my meat? Yes, spatchcock. Love that word. Cock. Uh, Brandy says, are you frying in my oil? Are you frosting my cookies? Are you burning my biscuits? Yeah, see, this is fun. I think you just, you know, write those down and use them in everyday applications. That was a little fun exercise to do. I mean, th these are COVID times. What do, what do you expect what do you expect from me? Uh, speaking, speaking of COVID, uh, I'm, I'm going to run down some entertainment notes that I've been taking over the last couple of weeks. I've been kind of browsing around and looking for good stuff to watch. And it seems harder and harder to find fresh new content these days. Um, but I've been also trying to read more. And I know that that's just something that shouldn't be hard to do, but it's all about time management. And, you know, if, if you, you make time for whatever's important. Right. So I've been looking around, finding, trying to find some books, and I've been following a lot of spiritual pages on Instagram because I'm a hippie and I'm into the whole mumbo jumbo thing. And there's some really great pages out there that have a lot of inspirational uh, notes, but they also have a lot of um, sources that we can go to to find some, I guess, get some perspective on what's going on in the world. And there was this one book that, that caught my attention called COVID-19, The Great Reset. And it's, it's basically an outline 
of not necessarily predictions, but more so looking at history and what societies have done in the past in situations similar to this. Now, this is obviously something we've never encountered before in our modern society, other than, you know, the Black Plague. But there was there, there was never not as big of an infrastructure. We weren't all interconnected as much as we are in the world. COVID-19, The Great Reset, is by Klaus Schwab and Thierry Malaret, and it is about something like this. The COVID-19 coronavirus crisis has wrought economic disruption on a monumental scale, contributing to a dangerous and volatile global upheaval politically, socially, and geopolitically, while raising deep concerns about the environment and the extending reach of technology into our lives. The World Economic Forum founder and executive chairman Klaus Schwab and Thierry Malaret co-founder of Monthly Barometer, explore these themes in their new book, COVID-19, The Great Reset. The book's main objective is to help us understand what's coming. Giggity. It has three main chapters offering a panoramic overview of the future landscape. The future assesses, uh, the first assesses what the impact of the pandemic will be on five key macro categories, the economic, societal, geopolitical, environmental, and technological factors. The second considers the effects in micro terms on specific industries and companies. And the third hypothesizes about the nature of the possible consequences at the individual level. And this is all published by the World Economic Forum, which is a uh, nonprofit organization headquartered in Geneva, Switzerland. It's independent, impartial, and not tied to any special interests. And I've, I've begun to read the first uh, part and it's really compelling because they try to write it in a more academic way. So it's it's it almost feels like you're reading like a high school textbook. So it's easy to ingest, but it's also more it's, it's giving facts rather than predictions. And it's almost it's almost jarring at first because it allows you to get out of the crazy mindset that we're all in right now where it, it just seems so doom and gloom. And I honestly, I'm very optimistic about the future. And I, I we talk about a lot of conspiracy theories and a lot of the awful things that are happening right now. And there are awful things happening. People are suffering. There's, there's no doubt about it. But I honestly think that there's going to be a shakedown where things are going to sit, all the crap in the world is going to start sifting away. And I think there's going to be a much more peaceful outlook to look forward to. Um, and I think that a lot of what this book has to say might help reinforce that while also addressing the realities of what is happening around us. So I, I just didn't want to get too deep into the COVID stuff because we deal with that on a, on a day-to-day basis. But if you're looking for a good book um, that has some interesting insight on, on what the landscape will look like in the world, um, COVID-19, Great Reset, found on Amazon couple movies that have come out recently uh the advanced preview stuff is still happening on prime you know you can rent all these movies um as they are simultaneously released to a lot of the movie theaters that are uh, open or at least are starting to open back up now i still haven't gone to the movies yet i almost went to go see tenant a couple weeks ago but i bailed just because it's hard to go see movies on the weekdays just because of my schedule and i don't know I, i feel like i just i just would rather just watch movies at home it's just more comfortable Although I do long for that experience of going going somewhere and going to the movies and a big screen and all of that. But it's, I gotta be honest, like I've got a better sound system and TV at home. I'd rather just sit on my couch and, and enjoy it. And that's what I did over this last weekend. I, I watched Antebellum, which was sold to me as a Jordan Peele movie. 
which on its face, it, it looks like it could be a, a Jordan Peele movie. Uh, it touches on racism and uh, a slavery. Those are major themes in it, but it it kind of turns into a Shyamalan, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, a ding dong type of, type of movie. Um, and I don't want to give anything away because there are a lot of twists and turns. And I'm a, I'm a little upset because I'm looking at the score here from Rotten Tomatoes and it says 27%. And then Metacritic gives it 48%. And IMDb gives it 5 out of 10, 5.5 out of 10. I mean, I, I don't think, I think that's a little harsh. That wasn't, it wasn't anywhere near that bad. So I don't know if people just didn't get it or if it just didn't live up to what they had hoped it was, because it starts out as one thing and ends up completely different. Um, and I'm, I, I want to say, I want to compare it to another show, but I feel like that might give away too much if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but it's a pretty basic synopsis here. It's a successful author, Veronica Henley, finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality that forces her to confront the past, present, and future before it's too late. So it is. it does go between... Uh, Civil War times and uh, back when slavery was rampant in this country in the South, and there so there's a lot of that themes and imagery that are going on there, and then they flash forward to modern times, and it's almost like the roles are reversed where uh, the the black people are in power, but the white people are subliminally acting on their racism. And they're more calculated about it. And it's almost a reflection of, I think, what might be happening these days. I mean, it, I, I think it's pretty naive to say that, that it might be happening. Obviously, racism is alive and well, unfortunately. But there's there's a really cool angle to this movie that allows you to get out of your get out of that uh, microscopic look at racism and, and look at the more broad spectrum of it. Um, and it, it's not a Jordan Peele movie. It's directed by Gerard Bush. <laughs> Bush and uh, Christopher Renz. Um, but the cast is amazing in Antebellum. It's got Janelle Monet, uh, Jenna Malone, Gabourey Sidibe. She is hilarious in this movie. I, I, I think that she should get more roles in Hollywood. Sign Gabourey Sidibe up. She's just precious. And I, I guess I've been on this dark movie kick because on Netflix, I, I just found this other movie called The Devil All the Time. And when I read that title, I always feel like I have to say it with like a Southern drawl. The Devil. All the time, because that's how everybody talks in this movie. It's it's all set in the uh, 50s in the South, or not the South, but the the Midwest, uh, actually in Ohio. And um, it's it's a it's labeled a American psychological thriller that examines themes of evil, religion, and the abuse abuse of power in rural small town America. See, similar theme to Annabellum. Very uh, <laughs> very uplifting stuff going on at uh, the Brandon household. Uh, it's based on a novel, the same name by Donald Ray Pollock, uh, who also serves as the film's narrator, which he's really good as the narrator there. He's not explaining things to you. Like some narrate, some narrators do. I, I hate when narrators are pandering to you, like trying to get you to follow along when it's obvious what's happening. He's more reading from the subtext to keep the story going. Um, and it jumps from different generations of this particular family that they follow so i gotta be honest I, i've been trying to record the plot of this movie but i keep messing up and i feel like i keep giving too much away or i'm not making it clear enough so i just I, i'm not going to do it any justice i just have to tell you that it's a really dark really graphic but unsettling at the same time it's a 
it's a hero story, an underdog story. There's there there is kind of a good ending. It's almost happy, but it's also very to get there. There's a lot of hard stuff to overcome. There's uh, abuse of women. There's creepy preachers who pour spiders all over their face. There's tons of murder scenes, and you know all the crucifixion of a dog is in this. I'm telling you, this is a really really dark movie. Um, and you expect nothing less with uh, with with Bill Skarsgård and and Robert Pattinson is actually surprisingly good in this. He plays one of the preachers that preys on younger girls, and he plays the biggest scumbag. And if you don't like Robert Pattinson, just know that justice does get served. And so you got to check it out. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's called The Devil All the Time. Let's switch gears to something a little bit more positive. I actually stumbled upon this show that I normally wouldn't watch, I think, on my own, but it's been highly recommended by multiple friends um, all in the span of one week. And I, I caught it on TV and it's actually really fun. And it's it's a good escape for right now. Now that football's back, we've got a lot of fun things to look forward to. And this is just one of those shows and it's been out since 2019 um, and it's a Rob Riggle joint. Uh, I know that a lot of people have their opinion about Rob Riggle I, I, and I don't really hate him, but I don't love him. I think he's funny. I think this is a perfect show for, for his niche of comedy because it's just nothing but immaturity. It is, it's classic uh, college humor. And I mean, it's all centered around miniature golf. It's called Holy Moly and it's on ABC. It's in its second season. And at first I thought there was, a, this was a joke because of how immature this show is. I watched this show on Hulu and there's only season two available on Hulu, at least mine. I don't, I haven't been able to find season one. So I always thought as I'm watching this season, I'm thinking, are they just starting at season two? So they make you go back to try to find season one. But the joke is there's really no season one. It's like a very airplane-esque type of show. It's got a lot of color commentary from uh, from Rob Riggle and and American sportscaster Joe Tessitore. And uh, it's 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 really campy. It's fun. It's grown adults and, and really charismatic characters that are just wackos. I mean, they're all really reality TV star type of Joe Schmoes that just want to have their 15 minutes of fame, but they're actually really entertaining. And it's a combination of mini golf and that show Wipeout. You know, that that show where they jump all over the obstacles and basically everybody falls into the water or the mud or they get punched in the face by something that, that pops out of the wall. Same concept. And they have multiple holes on uh, Holy Moly. And the, the one, one of them, is one of my favorite holes that they have is called Uranus. And uh, let me just play a little clip of, of something that you might expect from Holy Moly. Oh, Grandma is lit. Jeannie Mai is down with his grandma, Norma, looking on from Scottsdale, Arizona, a marketing consultant. And now here he is giving it a shot at Uranus. Can you hear yourself? Absolutely. Okay. Up and around Uranus. Hit the channel, we could have a hole in one here. Where'd it go? Where does it go? I can't see. Did it get stuck in your anus? <laughs> Where'd it go? Oh, I don't see it. See it come out? Can somebody reach up in your anus and get it? You can't reach. Okay. You can't. Well, I just I just don't want your anus to get clogged. <laughs> Especially this early. You can't. I'm sorry? Oh, wait, look, it's Deputy. It's Colin. <laughs> Deputy Colin. He's straddling it. All right, let's see what happened here with Andrew. That is the channel you want to hit yeah. to line up for a hole in one, and then the ball gets stuck in that channel on Uranus here. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. No, I just didn't hear you. Say it again, please, Joe. Please. <laughs> this is wholesome. And now our assistant course marshal, Colin, is able to fish that ball out. Watch here. Track. 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 Oh, no. God. There's the ball right there. That was close. That was, sir. You can't go wrong with balls and holes and Uranus, right? It's a great show. I, I find it entertaining. It's one of those things that you just put on in the background, and you can tune in and out, and you really don't miss anything. And it's just good, wholesome family fun. Get it? Wholesome. All right, to close out, I thought I would do something kind of fun, um, but also I feel like it, it's good to address these things because it's such, such an impact on our country. Uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died on Friday at 81 years old, and um, everybody seems to be affected by it, some positive, some negative. The social media is just a cesspool for uh, both sides, and it's, it's hard to sift through all the garbage, so I tried to focus on the positive and one of the most positive people that I feel uh, might be affected by the death of uh, Justice Ginsburg is Kate McKinnon. She portrayed Ginsburg on multiple episodes of Saturday Night Live uh, during Weekend Update, and she did a great job. And uh, she she released a statement recently uh, to speak out on uh, the death of Justice Ginsburg. She said, for so many of us, Justice Ginsburg was a real-life superhero, a beacon of hope, a warrior of justice— a robed crusader who saved the day time and again. Playing her on SNL was a profound joy because I could always feel the overwhelming love and gratitude that the audience had for her. Uh, McKinnon went on to share that it was one of the greatest honors of her life to meet Justice Ginsburg, to shake her hand, and to thank her for her lifetime of service to the country. And then uh, Ginsburg was also one of McKinnon's most beloved impressions on SNL. With Ginsburg herself remarking, I would like to say Ginsburn sometimes to my colleagues. So this is one of my favorite moments of McKinnon portraying Ruth Bader Ginsburg on SNL back from 2016, talking about how she's not going to retire. In a recent interview, 81-year-old Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg stated she has no intentions of retiring, even though she's the oldest judge on the bench. Here now to comment is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> Up there, 2015. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. Wow, welcome. You know, you seem very spry for 81. Yeah, you'd be spry too if you had my morning routine: 100 push-ups, 100 laps in the bathtub, and then I do my P90X, where I pee 90 times. <laughs> you know, I'm, I might be the oldest judge on the bench, but that doesn't mean I'm the closest to death. Have you seen Justice Scalia? It looks like he's permanently hooked up to an IV bag of bolognese. <gasps> Hey, Scalia, you just got Ginsburned. Justice Ginsburg, I gotta say, that's pretty harsh coming from you. Yeah, I'm like a horsefly, you know? I bite hard and I look like a horsefly. <laughs> now, what about the State of the Union where you were caught sleeping? No, I wasn't sleeping. I was giving in to the weight of my glasses. <laughs> 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 
Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Justice Ginsburg? What? Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I was having a disgusting dream about Bruno Mars. Yeah. He was uptown funking me. Oh, oh my God, no, 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 no Justice Ginsburg. I no. know he's short, but, you know, I like my men like I like my decisions. 5-4. <gasps> That's a third-degree Ginsburg. Ginsburg, come on, you know? No, call it, you know what? I'm living every 81-year-old's dream. I get paid to sit on a bench all day and judge people. <laughs> but you know how rare it is to be 81 years old and actually have people listen to what you say? Okay, well, well the Chief Justice of Alabama actually said he won't listen to your ruling on marriage equality. Uh, I expect that from Alabama, you know. They never recognize the ruling on incest either. <gasps> what Alabama does, okay? Because when I get a hold of that gay marriage ban, oof, it's gonna fall faster than Madonna at the Brit Awards. <laughs> they say justice is blind, but anybody can see, you burned. Oh, oh. I think McKinnon does, did her justice. Huh? Get it? I'll be here all week. Tip your waitresses. Rest in peace. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's going to do it for me this week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rad Podcast. Get your uh, Over the Rainbow submissions in. I'm going to be contacting everybody. If you need some more information, uh, please email me and I'll, I'll let you know everything. And if you want to get involved, I'll be sure to send you everything that I had laid out in writing as well. So until next week, namaste, bitches. The Rad Podcast. 